How you doing today? Good to be here with you. September is National Recovery Month and Clean Cause is inviting everyone to celebrate the fact that recovery is possible and that anything is possible. Grab a Clean Cause Organic Herba Mate and get your day going with 160 milligrams of better caffeine. It won't cause the crashes, the jitters, like, like uh, some of those other energy drinks and even coffee might do sometimes. Uh, here's the best part. Here's, here's why we partner with Clean Cause. Not only because they have great drinks that are refreshing and have a little bit of good caffeine in them, but every sip makes a difference in the fight against addiction. Clean Cause donates 50% of net profits to support individuals in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. Yes, you heard that right, 50%. That's insane. What company does that? Uh, so here's, here's the thing. Throughout September... Clean Cause is offering Sober Guy listeners 30% off their online orders with promo code SOBERGUY30. And uh, I just want to give a huge thanks to Alex and the Clean team for hooking our listeners up in September in honor of National Recovery Month. Uh, and they make it real simple. You go online, you go to cleancause.com, select what kind of case of Clean Cause drinks you want. They ship them right to your door. It doesn't get any easier than that. You can also find them at all your local uh, shops and grocery stores and everything like that too. But to get a case delivered right to your door uh, and get 30% off your order this month to support National Recovery Month is just a great thing. So grab a boost, live better, transform lives. Head on over to cleancause.com. Get 30% off. Use promo code SOBERGUY30 at checkout. Let's start the show. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. You can find more podcasts, more resources, and also contact us by going to thatsoberguy.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. All the links from today's show will be in the show notes for so they're easy for you to find. Our guest today is Gary Mankies. And uh, Gary was born and raised in Port Washington, New York. Struggled with alcoholism and addiction since his early teens. Uh, and he completely transformed his life when he was given the gift of sobriety on May 13, 2006. And uh, Gary also recently launched his own podcast, the Begin Again podcast, which I recently had the honor of being a guest on. So be sure to check that one out. We'll talk a little bit about that in his show a little bit later in the convo. Um, and the Begin Again podcast showcases stories of addiction, those who have recovered, hopefully inspiring and encouraging some others uh, to, uh, to kick those bad habits out. So, uh, Gary, it's great to have you on the podcast, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm good, buds. How are you doing? Good to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It was great to be on uh, the Begin Again podcast a couple of weeks back. Uh, so really appreciate that. And, uh, man, we, we talked a little football before we got going. I got the Raiders. I still feel weird. So this Raiders hat I have on, for those just listening, um, it says Las Vegas Raiders on it. I'm very used to wearing uh, an Oakland Raiders hat. So when I bought this one, it felt a little odd. But, you know, I'm still rocking it. Got to represent. And you're a big-time Jets fan. And we were talking a little bit about the Jets-Bills game last night where um, the, man, just one of my favorite dudes, Aaron Rodgers, just goes down with what ends up being potentially a career-ending Achilles tear, man. Just some sad news in the football world today, man. 
Oh, man. Uh, yes, as you said, diehard Jet fan. And honestly, I'm still in shock. It's devastating. I mean, Aaron Rodgers came in and was all in on this team. He took everyone under his wing. Uh, honestly, as a Jet fan, it was by far the most hopeful we had for this season. We got yeah. a killer defense. And we had AR behind them, you know, taking the, taking the snaps, leading us, leading the way. And we said off camera, he 0 for 1 for zero yards and four snaps. And oh, hopefully his career is not over. Hopefully he comes back. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. 39 years old, the Achilles tear. That's, that's, that's a rough one, you know, but you never know. I mean, crazier things have happened. There's all kinds of crazy technology and uh, good stuff that, that can help heal. But uh, I hope I do see him back, man. Like I mentioned, he's, he's a cow guy and uh, he's, I, I really uh, admire a lot of his uh, stances and takes on things outside of football. And he's got a great mm. story as well, too. So, man, we'll, we'll see what happens. But in any case, it should be a fun, fun football season. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. No, no doubt. Me too. I can't believe it. I feel like the summer flew by and, and I couldn't believe I'm watching NFL on Sunday. And here we are, you know, Monday night and this happens. But, you know, you mentioned all the technologies for his, his Achilles. Yeah. Guy right behind me there on the other side, Kobe, he did the same thing with his Achilles. And you know what it is? It's the, it's the heart of a champion. It's the mindset. Let's just see if he wants to die. I, I got to believe my heart that he doesn't want to go out on that MetLife turf. Oh, yeah. Hopefully one, four snaps for the Jets. So let's oh, see, man. man. Let's see. Yeah, we'll see. I think you hit it. You hit it right there, man. Uh, the heart of a champion, and uh, I think that's a good transition into um, recovery. You know, just in in life in general, man. A lot of us out there who've struggled with different addictions or alcohol or uh, different things in our lives, man. We do possess that heart of a champion. And it's kind of like that hero story where sometimes, man, we get knocked down to the very bottom, the very depths of where we never thought we would be. And, um, you know, we got to ask for some help. We got to pray to God and we got to got to pick our, you know, asses up and pull ourselves out. And uh, man, you, you have you have some of that in your background, some of your story. And so I thought maybe um, it might be best to have you kind of intro yourself and tell us uh, and those out there listening a little bit more about yourself and about your story, Gary. Yeah, hey, you bring up a good point, too, about the heart of a champion and to recovery. You know, I, we meet so many amazing people, right, in these rooms, Shane. You know, I, it's no secret. I got I got sober in AA. I'm not an AA thumper. I, I'm, I'm from the camp. I don't care how you get here. Just get here, man. Get here. And But we meet so many amazing people. In fact, I was reading a book last night uh, with uh, a group of guys, a group of sober guys. We have a Monday night group, and uh, – of the book is there's more to stop there's more to stop and drinking and stop and drinking but there was a part and it was about emotional sobriety and it was about changing your own hero you're changing your own story being the hero in your own story and you kind of just touched upon that and yeah yeah mindset's a big part of it you know i'm it's funny i'm a big fan of mindset like you look behind me you know i got Derek cheater i got michael jordan i got kobe right and they're not up there because of their rings, man. They're up there because they are they are the hard, hardest working guys in the room, and they got yeah. that. They like I said, we'll keep going with their heart of a champion, you know, heart of a lion, and you know that's why those are the people I admire, and those are the people I admire in the room these days too, you know. And uh, you know, I can dive in. You know, um, you, you touch upon my bio early. Yeah, I grew up in Long Island. Uh, I think I was an alcoholic from the get go. Um, I come from, I'm the first grandchild on my mom's side. My mom's one of 10. There's a lot of alcoholism on her side of the family. 
uh, not her. She was one of the ones that, you know, and my mom's side, you either drink or you don't drink. No one ever really went into recovery, but, you know, there's a lot of alcoholism, a lot of generational alcoholism, uh, you know, family members have, have died from alcoholism, died from the disease. And, you know, I say it was the first grandchild, one, because I'm super proud of that. I really am. But two, they were looking at me early on, Shane, like, watch that guy. Like, you know, he, he's he's got it, right? And, yeah. you know, what? I lived up to those expectations, unfortunately, but I also started getting into trouble. And so I think I lead, lead the families uh, as far as, you know, arrests and trouble. But, you know, I grew up normal, you know, normal childhood, I guess, you know, um, loved sports, played sports, worked at the local PAL from like, you know, eight years old to, to high school. Uh, my dad and grandfather owned a, a, a gas station and an auto repair shop. And I was working there since, you know, since I was about eight years old. I was in, a, I was always in the shop with them and always outside pumping gas and food and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I started drinking, I think, normally, you know, maybe a little younger than most kids do, you know, like at 9, 10, 12, 11 years old, started, you know, uh, stealing people's uh, mom's liquor cabinet and, my friends are always, always a little older than me. I don't know, a little bit younger than most of them. Still the best, you know, closest group of buddies you could ever imagine. They're all in, talk to them all every single day. I'm in a chat and talk about Aaron Rodgers all day last night. But, <laughs> uh, you know, started drinking normally. And But, you know, as soon as, you know, as soon as it hit my lips, I was just a little bit different, you know. And, yeah. you know, fast forward just to give you an idea. It's a big part of my story. I was 16 years old. It was the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, we're all in. I stuck into the bar, Finn McCool's. If you read a book about the 1986 Mets, the night they won after won the World Series, they all went to Finn McCool's in Port Washington. It's oh, a nice. you know, awesome town bar. It's a famous town bar for me, at least. And, uh, so anyway, night before Thanksgiving, big night in my town. I think it's a big night for most most towns, I guess. The night before Thanksgiving, I'm going there. I was with my cousins all day long. We were in batting cages, started drinking during the day, and they were talking about going to Finn McCool's. Like I said, I was 16, and I'm like, I'm going to get in this bar tonight. I'm going to get in that bar. And I snuck in the bar, or I somehow just got right in, and I was in my element. I knew everybody in the bars. By far the youngest one in there. By far the smallest one in there. And, uh, you know, a couple hours later, a fight breaks out with my cousins into the street, and I wake up uh, Thanksgiving morning with a first-degree assault of a police officer. They went mm. Apparently, allegedly went and um, went to lock up my cousin, and I and I and I went and kind of protected him. And uh, you know, I say that, and I tell that story a lot. Everyone who hears me knows that story. It kind of changed the trajectory of my life, though. Yeah. You know, I went from like this kind of wild, you know, drinker, kind of normalish stuff to like serious trouble and young i was you know i know you were a baseball player i was the captain of my high school baseball team and you know now i'm missing games because i've been court for you know two years and you know everyone started looking at me a little differently at, at, at that point you know they were from like yeah yeah he's cool to like hey you know the tough you know the tough yeah. guys i should say quote unquote like you know come hang out with me and everyone just started treating me a little differently I hate to say but you know, some of them a little more respect, I guess, is yeah. a silly way. But I came from like a blue collar area, um, so there was a lot of kind of tough guys uh, around my around my town. Great town, greatest town. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and so, you know, fast forward, uh, I was I was a career bartender. Um, you know, yesterday, today's September twelfth when we're recording this. Uh, yesterday was September eleventh. I, uh, you know, I I so I never went. I, I did a semester in college. I played. Uh, baseball in, in junior college uh for one year and uh, i just played baseball i'd never go to class so I, that didn't last very long i failed out and no college degree here but i 
I got a job. I was bartending. And a guy came in and said, what are you doing here? He should come to work for me on Wall Street. And uh, I gave it a shot. I took my Series 7, got my tests, and I passed them. And I went to work on Wall Street. And next thing you know, I got my foot in the door in a real firm, a real uh, bulge bracket firm downtown Manhattan on Greenwich Street. And I started there February twenty of uh, February 2001. And, you know, yesterday was 22 years. Uh, September 11th, I was about, you know, half a mile, about six, seven blocks north of that. And, uh, that was another big part of all of our lives, you know, but it was, I, I always am hesitant to to talk about 9-11, but it seems to come up all the time, Shane, yeah. you know, so obviously it's a big part. Um, it was the first time in my life, you know, I really, I I, I didn't care. Like I really, everything kind of got dark. I always thought I wanted a family. I didn't want a family after that. I was like, I'm not bringing any kids into this world. I just went to a dark place and, you know, that happened September uh, of 01 and, April of 2002, a few months later, four or five months later, I'm on a bender and uh, I don't show up for work. You know, this is my first real job too. I yeah. first, you know, I actually, am, I'm not, I'm no longer bartending. I'm, I have my weekends off. I actually have like a salary. I have, uh, I have healthcare, like a real job and I blow it. You know, I go on a bender and I blow it just you know, a few months into it. And um, we went out uh, with a bunch of guys from work, uh, I always felt uncomfortable too. Like I, I, I just I stuck out like a sore thumb in my mind. You know, I wasn't good enough. I suffer from I'm not enough too, Shane. A lot like I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, you know, I mentioned I didn't have a college degree. I'm sitting around, you know, a bunch of Ivy Leaguers. You know, so it started to develop. Well, the chip on my shoulder started when I was young, but I, I, I venture to say that chip on my shoulder has helped me at times too. You know, a little competitive edge, but yeah. so I go on a bender. Uh, I think it was a Thursday night. I don't show up Friday. I go out all weekend. I don't show up Monday. I don't show up Tuesday. And I get a, I get a letter FedEx hand delivered, uh, delivered to me that I had to sign for it. Open it. It's like Gary, if you're alive, you need to contact us. Otherwise, you know your job's terminated. We, you know, we think maybe you're not even alive. So I thought quickly on my feet, Shane. I had it in my head somewhere. I guess I had heard like you know if you go to rehab, man, like they can't fire you. You know, mm -hmm. so I think. You know, just an effort to bide some time. I was like, all right, I think I'm going to do this. Plus, I mean, I was in bad shape. I was in really, really bad shape. And so I, uh, I called them and I said, I'm alive. And I said, but I got a problem with alcohol and I'm going to get help for it. And I went and found a rehab in upstate New York. It's called St. Christopher's. They call it the Miracle on the Mountain. That was, like I said, April of 2002. And I went up there and um, it was the first time, Shane, I was in an NBA meeting. And it was the first time sitting in a circle. And I remember it clear as day right now. It got to me and I had to say, I'm Gary and I'm an alcoholic. And I thought my life was over. And I said, look what you did to yourself now, man. Like, look where you are. You're an alcoholic. You're away in rehab. You probably just lost your job. Probably losing your friends. Like, I was I was on such a bad path uh, of just trouble, of, you know, soul sickness. Uh, really, really bad spot. And so... I went up there and I, you know, I, I lasted 28 days and my head all I did was go to meetings and I was just, I was just trying to go through the motions though. Like I wasn't being completely honest there and all I did was smoke butts, pretty much a couple packs of cigarettes a day and uh, I kind of just checked out of life for 30 days, but the seed was planted. And so I came out of that rehab and I never was able to put 90 days together. And so you mentioned my sober date is uh, May 13, 2006. So for those four years, I was in and out of the rooms. I was in and out of, you know, 
know that you know the saying it's belly full a or mind full a and belly full of booze is a bad place to be you know drugs is definitely part of my story uh i had a very active dad when i was a kid growing up loved cocaine there was a lot of you know i'd open up my i'd open up my uh drawer to get spoon you know food for my cheerios and there's cut cocaine straws in there and weed everywhere and it's just kind of in the house we had and you know i knew that's why I got kids now. I'm like, I knew what was going on. I thought things, you know, normal eight, nine, ten year olds aren't supposed to see. And so I hated cocaine. I hated it, you know, but then I found it and it allowed me to drink more. And so once I found that, like, you know, I, I, I heard hear this too, like cocaine may have, may have progressed my disease a little faster. I think that is certainly for me, but I was, I was a funny dude. Like I was like, yeah, man, I, I'm cool. I'm just, you know, I'm just drinking. I don't even need the guy's number. You know, and then as soon as I had literally one beer in me, I'd be like, give me the guy's number and call him right now. And I would do it all too. Like even my friends who kind of could do this sort of normally, I was doing everything like abnormally. Like they would even have to hide the stuff from me, you know, and they would get like, I'd cause problems. I'd call the guy now. We're going to have a problem. They'd have to call him, you know. And and so it sped everything up. But uh, I was sitting in my apartment. I was living in New York City. Uh Great place. You know, it's funny. Everything that New York City has to offer, Shane, the thing I love about it the most, it's the AA. All I did was go to AA meetings. There was a time after 2000, after May um, 13th, all I did was get a pamphlet, go to work. I, I kept the job somehow, but go to work, look at the pamphlet, and go to a meeting, maybe two meetings every single day. That's all I did. And I thought, like, I thought everything was over. I thought my boys were, you know, I'm probably going to lose my boys, my job. I'm not going to be able to further it, even though I still have it. I'm not going to be able to kind of like, you know, climb my career ladder, if you will. And, you know, I've been given the gift. I was given the gift of surrender for some reason, May 12th, 2006. I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and I said, God, I don't want to do this anymore. What do I do? And, you know, I mentioned, um, you know, I'm the oldest grandchild. I have like 20 something younger cousins and, they kind of looked up to me, you know, they live out East End along Long Island and I, you know, Barry, the oldest cousin is New York city, wall street, yada, 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 but I you know, athlete a little bit and they, they looked up to me. They did. And uh, I just remember sitting there thinking like, what are these guys, what are these kids going to think of me? Is this like, is this what I'm supposed to show them? Is this the role model? You know, I'm not saying like that was my, my job to be the role model, but you know, I was. And so it, I was just overcome with this. I didn't want to do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. And so I, uh, but I was never going to go back to AA either, which is funny. And next thing I know is um, that night I'm calling in a group and finding a meeting. And I went to a meeting on May 13, 2006, and I haven't had a drink or a drug since. And like I said, I thought my life was over. My life was just beginning, man. It was just starting. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you, man. That's a, that's a great story. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot, a lot to it. I was kind of taking some notes as you were, uh, as you were sharing. And so I got a, a couple of things I'd like to follow up on with you. Um, I guess I'll start here. So in those, in those four, um, those four years that you described where you were kind of in, in and out back and forth. Um, and like yeah. you said, that, that seed was planted that initial time that, you know, that you, uh, went to rehab, even though you were just kind of smoking cigarettes and going through the motions. I remember that too, just lots of cigarettes in rehab. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, but what was it that, that finally you think like clicked, like, because I hear a lot of guys that are, they're on the fence like that. 
they're in and out, they're back and forth. I went through that too in the early, like as I've tried to do it on my own, you know, quite a few times didn't work. I had kind of one foot in, one foot out. Um, but was there something in particular that kind of was like the final thing that, you know, did it for you? Yeah. You know, it's, I, I totally agree with that. Cause I, I, I talk to a lot of people too, and there seems to be this like moment. Right. And I, I can't say that something actually clicked at that moment. I did feel a little different though. Like I had tons of booze in my apartment and every time, like I went back in, into the rooms, I never dumped it out, like, you know, just in case, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I feel better, right? Yeah. This time I, I I dumped it all out. Like I dumped everything out. And I was afraid to even share with people that I was trying it again this time. You know, like family members, yeah. aunts, uncles, my girlfriend, who's my wife at the time and wife now. Um, you know, I was afraid to tell them that like I'm doing it again because I was failing for four, you know, like I said, yeah. for four straight years. In and out. And let me tell you, those four those four years, man that was a battle. And, you know, I heard this in the rooms and I totally resonated with me. Like we were engaged in a battle every single day and we didn't even know it. Mm. That was so me. Like I was just fighting it. I was fighting life and I just kept getting lower and lower and lower. And there was a point too, where, you know, my buddies who I'm talking about, like they wanted me to stay sober, you know, like these, these are, you know, truth going God, these are, you know, they're, they're not, they're not angels. Like they like to have their fun too. Yeah. You know, I was a little bit different, but even them, you know, they were like, you know, you got to stop doing this, man. Like we want you to, you know, we want you to stay sober. And I got to the point too, in this four years where I was like, you know, F you guys, I don't care what side you're on. You're either with me or you're yeah. against me. And frankly, I don't care what team you're on. I don't, yeah. this is me and this is my life. And this is what I'm going to do. You want to get on board and come along? Fine. You don't have a nice life. I mean, not me, Shane. You know, like I love these guys. You know, like, yeah. but that's where I was, and I did that to my family members, did it to my dad. I, I I call people out, like I was in a bad place. Um, but something changed, and I don't, I can't say it was that moment because what I'm trying to articulate is you zoom out, you know, and all of a sudden it was the first time, Shane, I ever put ninety days together. Mm. Like, all right, man, I got ninety days for the first time here. You know, and I still was just so, I was so afraid that I was going to, you know, I was going to fall, I was going to go back out, you know, because that, that's what I did. That was my MO. And, but then zoom out and I had six months and I couldn't believe when I got a year. And then when I got a year, I felt different, you know, like maybe this is something I can hold on to. Like you can't ever zoom. Like I got 17 plus years sober, even saying that, like, if you knew me then, that was a complete impossibility, you know, but it's not impossible, you know. If you turn things over for me, turn things. I've, I'm a, I'm a, I got a thick head and I'm a slow learner. Sometimes, like I came into AA just to stop drinking. Like I can't do this anymore. And it took me a while to realize there's a God component, there's a higher power component, and I absolutely found a higher power here. And you know, now I practice it. Now, you know, I'm on my knees every morning in gratitude, thanking Him for the day, thanking Him for my family, thanking Him for everything. You know, and at the end of the day, and, and, and thanking him for the gift, my giving me the gift of sobriety. And I close every day like that, too. Like, that's not how we grew up. Like, you didn't grow up on my yeah. knees praying and saying words like gratitude or trying to learn things like meditation, right? Like, that was in the stuff we were talking about out, out in the schoolyard. Um, so, in a roundabout way, 
you know, if I put my finger on it, like, which is hard to do, it's, it's really finding a higher power and it's really turning everything over. Um, I'll say one last thing too, is the, those four years, every time I was in and out, like, and I, I say in and out, like when I went in, I'd sit in the back, I'd check that box and say, I was at a meeting. I leave a couple minutes early, say, yep, I went to a meeting and drink today, you know, but this time, like when a stranger came up to you and said, Hey man, here's my number. Give me a call. And like every instinct inside of me is to like, I call some dude, you know, give me a phone number. Like, you don't know who you're talking to like back off. This time I was like, you know what? It's working for these people. All right, I'll call you. And I call them. And still, one against everything, all my instincts. And I just be like, hey, man, you told me to call you, so I'm calling you. You know, and, you know, they ease me through it. And I did things like starting to get service. Like, hey, man, there's come make coffee at 16th Street here. And, uh, you know, I didn't get it. Like I said, I'm a slow learner, but it got me to, got me to, got me to get to, got me to those meetings, those service yeah. commitments. So, you know, shout out to doing service. So, you know, zooming out, it's it's just fine. It's finding a higher power, and and, it, and it's turning everything over. And it's given the gift of I don't know anything, man. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna listen. You know, people that I that were sober, that were older than me. You know, follow the guys that have what you want. Like, kind of latch on to them. That that worked for me as well. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you were when you were saying that. I went to a meeting. I was thinking like, there's a difference between showing up to a meeting and then participating in a meeting and being a mm. part of that meeting. And so I don't want to discourage anyone out there listening either. If you're just showing up, keep showing up. But if you keep showing up, I promise you God will work. And eventually you will participate. Eventually, just like Gary, mm. you'll make that phone call. You know, even if it feels weird, if you, even if it feels strange, like I get it, it is, it is a little bit weird um, at first, you know, but eventually as we start to rewire our brains and we start to understand that like, Hey, it's okay to like be loved and, say, tell, tell someone else, I love you, you know, and, and start yeah. to feel again, man, dude, that there's some powerful stuff that can happen when we open up, op, open up to that. Um, you mentioned a couple times now just about your friends. And so I wanted to kind of, kind of, uh, talk about this a little bit because I know it was something I struggled with. I know it's something a lot of other dudes struggle with. Like when we first get sober, we, we might have lifelong childhood friends who we are our boys straight up. Like we've done so much together. We have, you know, just a, a deep bond and friendship. And sometimes they might not be, um, you know, like I think you mentioned it. They said, yeah, we all kind of party together. But like they I was a little bit different, you know, in how I partied. I kind of took it to that next level. So how do we how do we kind of separate that when we first get sober? Like how, how did you do that? And then were you able to reconnect and, you know, and, and start on a different, you know, maybe a different footing as a sober dude versus like the way that you used to be? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great topic too. you know, the friends, like, cause like I had said, I thought like, I'm going to lose all my boys, like everything, you know, I'm going to lose my identity. I'm going to lose my, my boys, my, like you said, my childhood boys, we've been through the ringer with, you know, foxhole boys, you know, like yeah. done everything. Um, but so, but I, I was given this gift of desperation that I, I thought about it and I was like, if that's what it is, man, like that's what it is. Cause I can't live this way anymore. But I mentioned, I don't know anything. Right. So everything that I thought at that time was completely wrong, you know? So my boys are still my boys to this day. And, um, I say that I think we have it in our heads that, you know, people are going to look at us and what are people going to think and what are people going to say about us? 
And the truth is, you know, honestly, my experience, it's like 99% of the time, like nobody, everyone's got their own life and their own stuff. Nobody cares. You know, they don't, they don't care. Not that they don't care, but they don't yeah. care what you're doing, like enough to like alter their, you know, alter their daily lives. And the people that really do, like the few times that, honestly, I can count them one hand, you know, 17 plus years, the few times that I've like kind of given a hard time or kind of pushed back in a corner, like, what do you mean you don't drink type stuff? Like, they were people, they weren't my friends, you know, like, so people that it doesn't matter. And, and I would drive this home and I do would drive this home to new when this comes up is, um, you know, people, people have their own lives. Like you got to take care of yourself. Your friends will be your friends. And, but at the beginning it was tough for me and that's just not, you know, being honest. And I feel like there's a, a chunk of time, maybe it was a year or so where I kind of just checked out, you know, I kind of stayed in touch with them, but like, you know, I almost didn't want to know what everyone was doing. Like, you know, I didn't want to have those triggers show up in parties. But after I, you know, after a year or so, you know, I became, I guess, a little more confident in, in who I was and who I was wanting to be and confident in my sobriety. And so, um, like I said, these are, these are brothers of mine too. Like they are. And, um, so it, it turned out to like a place of, you know, I was nervous to a place of, you know, I'm not drinking and, I would slowly kind of uh, reacclimate myself to stuff, and, and if there was there was times uh, where things were getting a little, you know, squirrely. I'd just leave, you know, yeah, simple as that, good. you know. And you know, today I'm a source of, you know, if someone needs help, like my best friend's wife has a brother very sick, uh, very sick, fifty seven years old. He was in the ER and was drinking himself to death. You know, got that phone call, man. I did, man. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I wasn't getting those phone calls 17 years ago. I was the last, but forget about even being on a list. Now I'm at the top of that list. And those are, those are the gifts of, of sobriety. So, you know, your friends are going to be your friends. I would tell it to all newcomers and don't worry about it. Just take care of yourself early on that. Yeah. That's great advice, man. Thank you for sharing that. It's good stuff. Um, You also mentioned about not feeling good enough, Um, having that, you know, low, low confidence in some cases and just not feeling enough. Um, how do we, how do we like deal with that? How do we combat that, that negative mindset? I know you, you mentioned mindset is a, a big part of your life. Um, how, like for a dude out there listening, who's just like, man, I'm just not feeling like my best right now. Like what you, you have any thoughts or advice? Yeah. So this is my experience. You know, those thoughts are still with me and they creep in. But today, I don't let them win out. I don't let them dominate me. You know, so I'll go into a business meeting or I'll go into a situation and I'll feel less than, you know, and fear is a big, big part of, of my story, too. And, and a lot of us in recovery, like I, I thought I wasn't afraid of anything and I kind of went out that way and I acted that way and I drove that way and I, I, I went through life that way. And like this, like, I don't care, like bring it on, you know? And the truth was that I found this in sobriety. I, I could put fear on everything in my life. I'm, af- I, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what you're going to think of me. I'm afraid if something's going to happen. But, you know, the bulk of my fears also, I'd say, you know, again, 90 plus percent of my fears are projections, future projections into the future that haven't even happened yet, you know? Yeah. So, but to get to, to answer your question, um, is so so those thoughts will still pop in right like i'll be afraid or i'll feel less than or i'm not smart enough or i'm not good enough but i'll work through it i'll call my sponsor if i have to uh i i did a trick too uh someone in the rooms gave this to me and 
it was when I was in, re- I was sober, but I was in a really low place uh, in my sobriety. I was bad, bad spot financially, like really bad. I had a family, I had a young family and I was really struggling. I got real low in sobriety. And a friend had told me like, when those thoughts creep in your head, you know, just tell them, I don't know if I can uh, curse on this show. I think we can, but I'm not, you know, you know, shut the fuck up. Like, tell yourself, like, tell those voices seriously, shut the fuck up and stand the fuck down. And Shane, I did this one day and nothing had changed in my, uh, in, in what was actually happening. But man, I felt so much better and I felt empowered. And so I took that. And there'll be times when, there'll be days when I'm having a bad day and, I, and I'm really down on myself, you know, and I'll tell myself, like, stand down. Like, dude, you can, you can just, I work my th- way through it is, I guess what I'm saying is those voices, in my experience, they may never stop coming. They may always come, but don't let them win out because the other side can win, man. You know, like you can you hear it so many times, like the word impossible. Like I'm possible. You know, like I know for a fact for me, if I if as long as I'm I'm in sobriety and I'm in the rooms and I'm dialed in and both feet are in, honestly, I'm I'm capable of anything. You know, if I go out, I fall off. If I if I feel like I got this and I'm I'm cured, anything's possible in the worst way. And I'll be right back where I was. And it was jails, that was institutions, and you know, just a really quick circle back about my friends. Like I had a conversation with them. Like I think it was about ten years sober, and I was kind of struggling. Uh, it was right around the same time I'm talking about. Actually, I was just there was a lot of stuff going on personal, personally, financially, young family. It was really struggling, and um. Uh, they had a barbecue and I was like, I never asked them, you know, like, I wonder what they really think about me going away and not drink. Like, I never really had like the talk. And uh, so it came up. And because, I, like I said, I was feeling very squirrely. And I was like, what do you guys think? And I never really, you know, never really talked it all out. And they looked around and they're like, well, we did. And, you know, we think you'd be dead, Gary. Like, you know, we all, we all had this conversation. We think you'd be dead. And I was like, really? Like, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm not going to uh, test the waters here. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I went right back into like really, you know, sobriety is uh, it's it's a roller coaster sometimes. You know, it's not a straight path to to you know beauty and happiness and contentment and peace. You know, but it's stuff I work towards. But the bottom line is, as long as I'm in here, meaning as long as I'm sober, you got a chance. And there's there's uh, you know there's there's not a better place. My life's a complete 180 from where I was 17 plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you hit that on the head, man. It's not just just because we quit drinking, like life's not perfect by any means. And there's a lot of ups and downs. I mean, I, I've experienced a lot of ups and downs myself in our family, and just like just life stuff, man. You ain't gonna ever get away from life. But the difference is, is like I can deal with that stuff in a healthy manner today versus just shutting it out and drinking because I don't know how to deal with anything. So, I mean, such a, such a gift, you know, that, that we get to experience because of that. Um, so let's you just kind of mention this, like your life today is great. Like what, what is life like today for you? You know, life today really is, um, you know, beyond my wildest dreams, except those dreams, you know, they're different when they were, you know, 20 years ago, you know, my wildest dreams is today's my son's birthday. My son turns nice. nine today, you know, and it's, it's really the little stuff and it's stuff that I learned in sobriety, you know, it's stuff about like finding gratitude and, and everything around you. Like, you know, ter- just turn nine. Like I, 
I don't know, it might sound funny, but I can't I can't express how proud I feel when he came down here at seven, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. Like, hey man, I'm nine today, Dad. I'm like, Yeah, you are proud and I get to hug him and you know, I mentioned my morning prayers, like it's all about gratitude, you know. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the hugs and kisses I get. And we talked about it on, on my show with you, you know. I big thing I ask for, man, is patience because uh yeah. it's one thing I I really need more patience with them. But, you know, my life is, um, you know, I hear this a lot too. And it's certainly for me, you know, you can put property of my sobriety, property of AA, property of my recovery on on anything here. And that is totally me. And that's including my family, you know, and just to give you, you know, to, to really drive that point home is, it was it was it was my ten years uh, anniversary. My wife gave me a card, anniversary card, and saying congratulations. My daughter's ten now, and uh, my son and I. But um, congratulations on your ten years sobriety. You know, just think if you hadn't done this, the two children wouldn't even exist. They wouldn't be here. Okay. And you know, I say that all the time, like because it's such a it's such a powerful thing for me, you know, because my ego was wants to say, well, maybe I had something to do with it. But the truth is, if I didn't get fine sobriety, like, you know, this, I wouldn't have them, you know, they wouldn't be here, you know, and I was the type of alcoholic also that, you know, I'm blessed that they never saw their dad drunk. But if I just had one sip of alcohol in this body, my complete aura and my energy totally altered, even though I think I'm fine and they would sense it and they would know it. And just be a matter of time before their lives completely altered. So, yeah, my life is, you know, it's beyond my wildest dreams and doing stuff that I never thought I'd be doing today. Um, I get to work from home a lot. I'm still going to New York City uh, often. I'm working on a podcast now, which is that wasn't even on the radar. And uh, it's, you know, like I said, as long as I, as long as I stay in the t- stay in the moment, stay in, in today. Don't project those future fears uh, tomorrow and years and what's going to happen. Just live today and that's all we got. Yeah, I love it, man. Being in that present moment. Hey, what's your son's name? Finn. Finn. Happy birthday, Finn. Your dad's awesome, bro. (laughs) Hope you had a great day, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Thank Um, you. So so let's talk a little bit about the podcast now, man. And thank you for sharing you know, your story today and telling us a little bit about, you know, this whole, this whole life journey that you've been on. Um, what, what made you want to start the begin again podcast? How'd you come up with the name? Like, give us a little background and take, take us like back to where this started. Yeah, no, thanks, man. You know, I'll tell you the word, honestly, the word podcast was not even on my radar is, you know, recently is like six months ago, even four months ago. And, um, you know, I always had this thing and it's, it was really bothering me lately, like the last year or so, like, I hate to say it, like my roster of sponsees, you know, I, I, I do sponsor a few guys, but I was always like, I need to help more people, man. Like, I really want to help more people. And I would, I would discuss this with my sponsor and he'd say, Hey, just, just pray for it for the thing, guys. He will. Yeah. And you know what? That works. You know, God, you know, God, please send me, please send me someone that's sick. Let me help someone today. And that's part of my, my prayers too. Please let me help someone today. And, you know, I was I was talking to friends and I'm always looking at like next chapters, you know, as far as business career and these guys started a podcast and I was like, they're like, Gary, you'd be great at a podcast. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? It's got to be, you know, I love sports, right? I'm like, there's got to be a million sports podcasts, you know, like, what are we going to do? And they're like, you know, what are you interested in? Anyway, kind of just planning. I'm like, well, you know, 
love this stuff, but how, how can I bring that, you know, to a podcast? I don't know. And it, it just kind of evolved. Like it just sort of happened. And I, I say this a lot too. So my wife has heard every crazy idea that I've come up with in the past 20 plus years, like yeah. every single one. And I've had some doozies, some really fine ones. <laughs> and so this one, like, I, don't, I, I honestly think it was so, it was so early on Shane that there was a, there was a higher purpose at, at work here. And I mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. And like, I wrote out this like mission statement for the beginning again podcast and I sent it to her and I was like, man, what is she going to say when I'm telling her I'm going to start a podcast? And I, and I sent her the mission statement and she was like, she called me. She's like, Gary, you got to just drop everything. She's like, this is you. Like you love to talk about this stuff. You love to help people. Like this is you drop everything and, and go on. And, and I, Again, fear, I shared with like a couple other people. Every time I shared it, like they were like, oh my God, like they called me right about like, are you really going to do this? This is amazing. You know, I think you'd be really good at it. I'd be like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I know I could talk to people, but I don't know, like my interviewer, like, you know, and so I was reading the big book. There's a, there's a page in the big book. Uh, I forget where it is, but it says, you know, we can begin again. And I, and boom, just clicked. I'm like, then I went and checked out the domain was available, the beginning podcast.com. And, you know, out of all those crazy ideas, I had said, you know, I always had it like had to be kind of perfect before I really like did something with it. And this has been completely different. This is like, do it and learn as you go. You know, now I'm, you, you know, you, you were, I think you're, you're actually coming out Thursday. You're coming out there tomorrow, your episode. But so it's, uh, it's been freaking amazing. But I had no idea. The best part of it, Shane, for me, has been the people that I'm meeting, like the people like you and all these people that I'm meeting. So, you know, I have a I have a huge Rolodex of people that I can bring on to my show that I know that I've been with, you know, in sobriety for the past, you know, 15 years or so. But I didn't want to even really tell them. I Like, I wanted it to be something before I kind of, like – because it felt like, you know, people, they're like more helping me to get it going. I was like, if I do this totally cold on my own and figure it out, like then, you know, maybe they'll come on. And, and that's how I did it. That's how I did it. I just started going down rabbit holes and Instagram and Facebook and um, finding blogs and stuff and just reaching out to people like you. And, um, you know, here I am. And the, the feedback has been it has been so awesome, you know, and like I said, now, you know, you can, I'm sure, can, I know you can attest to this. You get DMs like, hey, man, I listened to your show. You know, strangers, right? They never even heard, but I heard, listened to your show today, man. Like, you really helped me. Thank you so much. You're getting a phone call. Like, now I'm, that's the stuff. And, and I lay in bed and, we're, and like, it's like a family, it's a family affair now, right? So she's like, you know, how's it going? Who are you speaking to? She, uh, my wife, she vet, uh, she vets everyone in every show I do. She's the first one to listen to it, you know. That's and cool. so it's been like it's been so fun. Uh, but like I said, like the, the the meaning of the people wasn't. I had I just wasn't even again not on the radar. I had no idea it was going to be like yeah. this. And now, you know, I'm all in on this, like hundred and fifty percent. Like I'm zooming out, like I'm gonna make mistakes or whatever. But I'm having so much fun, and you know, I used yeah. to. I barely had an Instagram page. Now I like I'm caring about if people are, are, are DMing me, following just again, the gift of not knowing anything, man. Like, so yeah, it's been yeah. a beautiful thing. And that's why I started because I wanted to help people. And the, and the motto, I think we talked about this on your show is the motto of the show is to help one person. Today. And I say that 
you know, with, I want to, I want this to, to build, to be as big as possible, you know, and it takes all of my mental energy in a good way, you know, because now I'm just, I'm so all in on it. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping this, this show will hold one person today. Yeah. Good, good stuff, man. We, you're doing great at it, man. I appreciate you. I had, I had a great time on the show. You did a great job on the interview and, um, and just keep it up. And isn't it funny how, uh, well, isn't it great when we have support from the ones we love? Like for instance, your wife, um, you know, like I, I remember when I sat up in bed one night, you know, in 2014, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to start a podcast. My wife looked at me and she's like, all right, you do that. <laughs> but she supported me along the way. And I remember when, when you said, uh, you were kind of showing it to a couple people, man, it's so funny. I remember doing the same thing to one of my best friends, Seth. And I brought, I, I remember meeting him at like a coffee shop and I brought my laptop to him and I had like the, the layout and like the name. And like, I was so scared and he's like one of my best friends, you know, and he got sober before I did, but I was so nervous to, because here's like, I'm putting everything out there and here's this idea that I have and I'm really passionate about it. And I think it's going to be really cool. And I want to help some people and I want to stay sober too. But what is he going to say? Is he going to think I'm stupid? Like, who am I? Like, who, who am I to think I can go talk on this podcast? And it really goes a lot back to the mindset stuff we talked about earlier, combating that negative mindset. And I think, I believe that we have to let go sometimes when we practice letting go and trusting the process. And when we really believe in something, we can believe in ourselves and other people will believe in us too. And when I gave it to Seth and I showed him he, and I was like, it was that moment, like the drum roll was going in my head and I'm like, Oh my God. And I remember him going, dude, that is so awesome. Like, man, I, that's, I can't wait to see that. That's great, man. I can't, you're going to be so good at that. A lot of the same yeah. stuff that sounds like your family and friends told you. And just, a, it's a, it's a great thing, man. So anyone out there listening, if you're, and it doesn't mean you need to go run and start a podcast. Maybe you do do that too, but whatever it is that you're doing or you want to do, man, go for it. Like, and the hate, haters are going to hate. And if, if you ain't getting hated on, you probably ain't doing it right anyway. So, you know, like, right. that's right. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, back to the football, you know, the coach solid, the Jets said, you know, if people ain't hating, you ain't popping, you know, and you bring <laughs> up right. a great, you bring a great, a great point, man. Like, seriously, like do it. That, that, as far as like, whatever is on your, in your mind, you have an idea, like that's been the biggest, you know, kind of breakthrough for me is, you know, like I said, I usually like wait and everything had to be like perfect before maybe yeah. I put it out in the world. Like I did this totally opposite way. And just yep. as, as, as the man back there, just do it, man. Just do it. You figure it yeah. out as you go. That's the best way to learn. And I'll bring up one other or two other quick points if you don't mind. I went yeah. to, a, I was at a conference. It was in at the end of April. It was like an e-commerce conference. I was just there just to try to like learn stuff. And like this podcast idea was starting. And I, and I said to my wife, I'm going to go to this conference. And if any, everyone asks me what I do, I'm, I'm, I'm launching the, be the Begin Again podcast. And I kind of went into this conference and, yeah. and everyone I met like, oh, what are you here for? I was like, you know, what are you? I was like, I don't sell anything. I was like, I just, I'm starting a podcast and here it is. And I can't tell you, I've had two guests uh, on the show from the conference. I have people reaching out to me like for help. Like, hey, my husband, uh, he was sober when we got married. Can you help him? And like I said, yeah. it just... The, the positive affirmation constantly, you know, we're at a spot, right, Shane, where it's like, it's not six degrees of separation. It's like 0 0.1 degrees separation. Like yeah. if it's not ground zero where you're the sick person, you most likely have someone very close to you, family member, girlfriend, Definitely. boyfriend, you know, parent, and all of it that or someone very close to you that is afflicted with this disease of addiction or alcoholism. Right. So it's a, uh, it's, 
we're in a spot, at least in my head, that there can't be enough of us, right? Yeah. And so you hear that word term like a crowded market, right? There can't be enough of, of us, right? And uh, we have similar backgrounds that you're describing in the beginning of, of yours, and you are awesome at what you do, man. It's a pleasure to be on here. Thanks, and just man. one last thing about the, my family. like, So I have nieces that I'm really super close with, and I was like, they're going to hear this. You know, they're 20-something years old. They knew I was a wild man, but they, you know, they were young. Uh, you know, they, they've heard stories, you know, and so I didn't want them to know about this yet. Like, I wanted it to be something, and, like, I, I recorded my first episode. It was going to get launched, and my wife's like, Gary, I'm just too proud of this. Like, I need to tell everybody. And so I was like, all right. And so she told her mom, she told her nieces, her sister, and, you know, there was that fear. Like, what are they going to think of me now? Like, oh, my God. And they were over the, – the support they had for me was just incredible. And they were like, holy cow, I didn't know that's – I didn't know that. I didn't know you got arrested. You hit a police officer. Oh my god! I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Uncle Gary is a savage, man. Come on, <laughs> yeah, where's yeah. this coming from? Yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. Your mom didn't tell us over there when you were taking. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so you know, but the point I'm getting is just you're right. You said it. Go and do it, man. Follow your heart. Chase your dreams. You know, I'm not saying quit your job. You got something you want to do. Go and do it, man. You can find the time. You know, follow your heart and just do it. Yeah, I love it, man. And don't don't do the perfectionism thing either, because you hit that on point. Like when we sit around and wait, it needs to be perfect. And I'm very guilty of that and things. And I've I've gotten better at it. But uh, I had John Lee Doom. You know John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur sure. Fire. Yeah, John, John's a great dude, and I've had him on on the show here. And one of the things he said that that stuck out to me, we talked about perfectionism, and he was very blunt. And I I couldn't agree more. He said. You're not a perfectionist. You're a coward. Just face it. <laughs> I said, damn. Whoa. He wasn't calling me that, but he was just saying, like, when we get locked in the perfectionism mode, yeah. we're not perfectionists. We're scared. We're fearful yeah. because we, oh, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. Well, what happens is most of the time we never end up doing anything because we're fearful. So it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. Man, and that's something I still I still got to work on. You know, I still continue to do that. But, um, man, don't you know? Don't don't be a perfectionist. Whatever it is that you want to do, man, just get going. And like Gary said, like learn as you go. I did the same thing. I learned as I go. I still continue to make mistakes, but I I learned from that. Hopefully, don't make it again and continue to grow, man. So, um, great, 100%. great stuff today. I appreciate you coming on. Where can folks reach out to you? Where can they find you? Where can they find the Begin Again podcast? Uh, I'm on Instagram at the begin again podcast. Uh, my website is the begin again podcast.com and I'm on Facebook as well, but Instagram is where I'm really doing most of my, uh, of my interacting. So hit DM me, give me a follow, check it out. Um, hopefully it helps one person today. Like I said, we'll put all those links in the show notes. Uh, Gary, it's been great to have you on the podcast, man. Thank you. Shane, it's a pleasure getting to know you, man. And thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for tuning in today. You can find more resources or podcasts by going to thatsoberguy.com. I hope something spoke to you. Share the podcast with a friend. Connect with us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.